Hey everybody, um, I just wanted to remind my local uh, Grand Junction Western Slope people uh, that uh, we are going to be doing some tree planting up on the Grand Mesa uh, this week here. Uh, Seek Outside, we're doing this uh, in conjunction with, with uh, the Western Slope Conservation Center. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be planting some trees up on the Mesa, having some fun. We're going to have some snacks, possibly some, some cold beers. Um, and yeah, we're just going to, you know, help give back. Um, if you guys want more information about that, the, uh, Western Slope Conservation Center, uh, you can just type that in, uh, westernslopeconservation.org. Just go on the website. They got all the information there. Um, if you just scroll down on their homepage, it just, it'll say plant trees, click on that and, uh, sign up and they'll get you the information of what, who, what, when, where, and why. So hope to see you guys out there. Um, I mean, you know, pretty, pretty laid back, but, um, if anybody doesn't have anything to do on Friday, August 19th, that's when we're doing it. Um, so yeah, come, come join us if you want. All right. This, uh, episode of the podcast, we are uh, going to be talking about some farming, uh, talking to farm to summit. Uh, it's a company based out of Durango, Colorado. <clears throat> They make delicious, like all local farm to table uh, dehydrated meals. And I'll tell you what, they're pretty freaking awesome. Uh, you know, they got some real vegetables in there. Um, it, it tastes like you're actually eating, you know, some real food, which, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I love freeze dried meals. You know, there's nothing better than a hot meal at the end of the day, but it's also nice to have some, some fresh veggies in there. Not fresh, but, you know, they taste fresh, um, not just mush um in in your your backpacking meal so go check them out hope you guys enjoy this episode of the podcast welcome to the seek outside podcast and then usually you think that's bad see you ryan on the phone in the office <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'm Jane Barton, and uh, my partner Louise, oddly her last name is Barton, um, We and we're also married, but we started the company Farm to Summit. So um, I guess I'll give you the long version of the story if you're up for it. Right on. So, um, <clears throat> so we met in Boulder. We moved to Berkeley. She was actually going for her Ph.D., in uh, evolutionary biology at UC Berkeley. And um, that's when COVID hit and we both were kind of like, yeah, you know, I mean, the city's cool, but, um, you know, we are, I guess before COVID hit, we were kind of considering coming back to Durango specifically. Um, and then COVID was just that nudge that we needed. Um, so yeah, we relocated and um, in Durango, I went to school at Fort Lewis, so I'm familiar with the area. Um, yep. We just love it here, and it's kind of uh, a decision based off of the want for community and just kind of like getting back into nature, places where we feel at home. 
Um, so when we got back here, you know, it's like, okay, it's COVID time. Durango's a small town. It's kind of hard to find a job here. So we're both kind of scrapping together whatever we can do. Um, and Louise did, uh, for most of her career, has done a ton of backpacking. Um, and so this specific time, she was working for the Forest Service. So they'd go out on these big stints or hitches that were like, you know, 14 days long sometimes. Um, and I was actually working restaurants, fine dining, and, uh, and working out on a few friends' farms, just volunteering. I grew up on a produce farm, so for me it just kind of like feels really grounding to be out on the farm getting dirty, working hard. Um, so Louise is working at the farm at Forest Service, excuse me. Um, and she calls me and it's like, these guys I'm working with, they're bringing all these dehydrated meals. And she's like, they're so bad. It's like, everybody's just complaining. They're not tasty. Like, and everybody feels like crap afterwards. Like, I bet we could do better than this. She's like, let's buy a dehydrator. And so she was actually on the road and I'm like, sure, you got it. Sent me the link. I'm like, sure, I'll buy it right now. So we had this dehydrator, um, within, you know, a few days of our, and then, um, Meanwhile, I'm working at this farm, so we just kind of started experimenting with all the veggies that they had on hand that, um, you know, they'd give away to volunteers or <clears throat> it was like a lot of seconds. So we had a lot to work with, and then, um, you know, it was working. Our meals were coming out pretty good. We're like, these, hey, it works. They're, they taste great. Um, you know, and we would hand them out to friends that were going on trips and, take them ourselves on a few backpacking trips. And um, yeah, it was just like, hey, I think we have something here. So from there, we kind of no brainer. We're like everything else out there is packaged in this Tetra Pak stuff. Um, it's super hard to recycle. I don't even really know how. I think you just go to a specific place. Um, so why can't we do compostable? Is there somebody making these kind of bags? So we spent a long time researching that, um, but finally found a company that does that, you know, makes it high barrier so you can actually hold the hot water while still being compostable. And then, um, and then from there too, we're thinking recipe wise, um, we both love to cook. So that's, that's the fun part, I think, of my job is being creative in the kitchen. Um, so fun. And, uh, and we just have access, like once you start getting once you start looking harder in the Southwest Colorado area, you know, it's like desert, rocky. You wouldn't think it'd be, there would be that many options for really good produce. And there's a ton of stuff and a ton of really kick-ass farmers out here that are doing a great job. So um, we started uncovering like, wow, there's some good quality stuff here and based a lot of our meals off of the produce that we were getting from the farms. So carrots, there's carrots in just about everything we have. Um, green chili, of course, you cannot exclude green chili, not in the four corners. Definitely not. Um, no. Yeah. Right. I'm like, we're going to need some green chili in here. Um, so, so yeah, that kind of like, I guess fed into our creativity with recipes. And then, um, and I, like I said before, I grew up on a farm in Michigan. That's pretty different from anything you're going to find out here. It's just a lot, like uh, a lot more acreage and then just variety of what plant diversity, right? So the soil is just super fertile there. We're right on Lake Michigan. So my parents are able to just grow tons and tons of different things. Um, but then they supplied their own markets um, and then also to some brokers that distribute. 
Um, and when you start getting into that game, they're really particular about what the produce looks like. So you end up with a ton of stuff that's going to waste just because it looks funny or it has scars or it's too big, too small, whatever, or surplus sometimes just at the end of season, they have nowhere to go with the produce. So um, that kind of struck our minds as we need to tap into that market here and see if there's seconds going to waste. Turns out there's quite a lot. And it's kind of crazy because, like I said, it's hard to farm out here. There's not even that much water. And, like, people are farming on half-acre farms, and we're still seeing a bunch of produce that they don't either – they don't have anywhere to go with or, yeah, doesn't look up to standard. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah. and the, yeah, that's, so that's something that's super, uh, like, I just, I love you guys' approach to everything, right? I mean, especially yes. with, uh, the backcountry meals, the, the big thing that I like about it is just for, you know, the, the ecological standpoint from the ecological standpoint is the packaging, right? Like they're just, mm-hmm. uh, I might've seen like one or two, uh, mountain house meals, you know, like wrappers out in, you know, common campgrounds, but the you know the the fact is pollution happens i i, I don't think i've seen too many of them out there um but mm-hmm. i just love the fact that you know if somebody does happen to you know rip the 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 top off their their uh garden mac and cheese and leave it out there uh it's not going to be you know there forever right like it is up in the tundra yeah. because nothing ever ever disintegrates up there um so i love absolutely love that but the whole seconds um, approach, right? So, so at Seek Outside, we have seconds too. So if anybody's ever called us, they'll be familiar with what a seconds is, but basically it's just something that doesn't make it to, to the final inspection or doesn't make it through final inspection to be the best product that a company is putting out there. And I don't think a lot of people realize that that happens with food. I mean, I worked on a farm, uh, I worked on actually multiple farms, um, but one, in, one down in Georgia, which was all, you know, organic and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was like, that was, that was part of our, our pay was getting to take home, you know, giant bunches of lettuce, uh, you know, uh, or, or sacks of tomatoes that were, you know, didn't look perfect, right? Especially when you get to heirloom tomatoes, some of those things look pretty nuts. Um, so maybe, uh, I just I love that you guys are taking advantage of that. Um, how what percentage of the of the vegetables that because obviously you're, you're probably not getting like the noodles and stuff for the mac and cheese from as, as seconds right? <laughs> but but what percentage of the of the produce that you guys are getting is you know deformed vegetables or or seconds as as they're known? For sure, yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, and you're right, you know, like noodles, rice, we don't, nec- you can't necessarily get, at least I'm not aware of yet where to get those upcycled or second. Pretty, pretty hard to mess up a noodle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they're they're. I think they've got it down by now. You know, but, mm-hmm. um, yep. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, um, but I think last year was somewhere around 40%. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, and we're keeping track, you know, that's something we need to keep track of because, and, and was tricky moving into because we really want to f- focus on getting straight from the farm. And, um, you know, we really didn't want to, like, go out and offend anybody. Like, hey, I just want your seconds. Like, when you when you fail, we win. You know, I didn't want to walk yeah. out and, like, ruffle some farmer's feathers in that way. So, um, so we take a lot of firsts as well. But we definitely are um, – 
you know, we're just trying to create the presence of we want to work with you and see you grow um, and be here for you when those seconds come up. Yeah. And I think as we grow as a company, we're going to kind of like expand and that'll take a little bit more woman power right now. We're like a, we're a two woman team. So it's a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah, as we grow, we want to look at expanding into other markets so that farms can call us specifically if they have seconds. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so um, like, do you get those seconds for like at a severely discounted rate or like what? What's the deal there? Do they just yeah. give them out to you if you buy a bunch of firsts? Or? <laughs> totally, yeah. So, I mean, when we first started, they would try and just give it to us. Um, and and so some of them are my friends for sure. And they're just great. Like every farmer I've met has been awesome. Yeah. Um, awesome to work with, good people. But um, yeah, we, we won't just take them from them. We want to give them money. They worked hard. Um, so at this point, we kind of get... If it's a pure second, like a, a bag, you know, a ton of carrots that are super crooked, um, that will come to us at a discounted rate because, and it's, it's maybe half, I mean, it kind of depends on who you're getting it from, mm-hmm. um, what they're charging, but it does take a little bit longer on our end to process because of all the crooks and dirt can get in there. Um, but, and then there's certain things that are almost, uh, almost the same price. They may just be a little bit less because to them... Yeah. The farmer, you know, they still have to water it. They still have to pull it up and then clean it for you. Like they're still going through this, mm-hmm. the whole process. So, but it, I mean, they give it to us for just a little bit less and they think they feel good because they got something in return and we feel good, you know, cause we got what we needed. So yeah. 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 Have you, have you through doing business with these farmers, um, have you found that like you're one of the first people to approach them looking for their seconds or are there other folks that are kind of in the market for, for seconds, uh, produce right now? For sure. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if, I mean, I wouldn't really call it competition, but of that, I guess, um, is really just the food banks, you know, Mm. farmers like, especially in our area, they, they really like to give to the food banks as much as possible. Um, which to us, we really didn't want to get in the way of that. Um, we tell them, you know, give to them first and then whatever you have left or excess, call us. Um, and that seems to work out really, really well. And, and in our favor too, sometimes, because I mean, um, I know I keep talking about carrots, but it's a great example, but like, you know, I don't know that they're going to be able to handle 400 carrots at once at a food bank. Whereas, you know, they may want 50 pounds and we'll take the 350 rest because for us, we can process it to hydrate it. So it's preserved really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and-, and yeah. And, and like there are some other cool uh, organizations working with food security in our area. Um, the beautiful part about it is we're all in communication. So if anybody's yeah. looking for the same uh, piece of produce we're talking about it together. We're giving each other tips saying, Hey, so-and-so's got a bunch of tomatoes. They're trying to push, give them a call. Um, so everybody plays nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good thing about seconds is like a crooked carrot when it's chopped up into or shredded, uh, you know, it really tastes the same. I didn't notice any taste difference. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, it it tastes delicious. It tastes anything. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, the golden oats, the the carrot cake breakfast uh, with yeah. uh, with with crooked carrots. I don't think it would taste any different with uh, than it would with a standard 
standard run of the mill carrot. So yeah, right? um, yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I did a blind test and no one could tell. So yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, it's just insane that that's like you know become the the thing in farming right now, right? Is that mm-hmm. um, that you know there's just stuff that and you. You know, you go to a farmer's market, you'll see, I feel like you see a little bit more of that stuff than you would at the at city market, right? For sure. Um, but it, it's still just, it's nuts to me that, um, you know, that's, that's a thing, right? That's so much food that if you're not using it, it's literally just going to waste. And that's not just the food that's going to waste. Like people think about food going to waste and they're like, oh, that's a shame. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's more food to be out there. But I mean, especially in the Southwest here, right? That's right. that's precious water. That's precious totally. water that's yeah. not going to make it to the Colorado Delta, um, you know, down there in Mexico. Uh, so therefore, you're you're affecting all these other life forms. It's uh, you know, it's it's soil. Uh, it's it's gasoline that some truck drove, uh, you know, from wherever to deliver soil to a farm or, or to a, a, a soil uh, store. And so it's not just like the food that's that's being wasted it's it's all mm-hmm. those other resources just for for a crooked carrot which is <laughs> which to me is is just insane so i'm i'm yeah. super stoked that that you guys are uh that you guys are diving into that market because that's especially with backpacking food right i mean it's the perfect yeah. like like backpacking food is not about presentation you're you're eating food out of a bag <laughs> and while well, you guys have a pretty sick logo it, and it tastes delicious. It, you know, it, it's, it looks like, like food in a bag. That's what it is. So, right, right. um, you know, I, I just, um, I'm stoked that you guys, that you guys are doing that. So, um, but yeah, so I, I, I do kind of want to, um, kind of want to talk a little bit more about the, the compostable bag. Right. Okay. Uh, so, so what's the, what's the deal there? Because it was, it was crazy. So I, I took a couple meals out on, my last uh, backpacking trip. And I got to be honest, when I first saw the packaging, right, it kind of, it kind of looks like that, the, the classic, like, you know, cardboard color, I guess. Um, I was, yeah. I, I was very suspicious. I was like, how long is this going to take to, you know, for, for it to start seeping through or something like that? So, mm-hmm. so like, like, how did you, how did you guys find that? Cause I don't think I've really seen, um, any other, you know, dehydrated or freeze dried food companies using what you guys are using? For sure. Um, a lot of time on the computer yeah. <laughs> researching, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I honestly, uh, Ryan, I felt the same way when we got the bags. I was like, there's no way these are gonna, like, these are gonna leak. And yeah. even if they do keep the water in there, there's no way it's gonna stay hot, you know? And it, I'm, I still am amazed. Um, yeah. thank goodness for scientists in Canada, actually. Is that where um, they come from? Yeah, they're from Canada. And, um, it was tricky to find exactly what we were looking for. Cause there's tons of bags out. I, I mean, it's, there's a whole mega industry, right. On packaging, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's tough to find a bag that can do just that hold water and keep heat, um, while being compostable. And, um, yeah, these bags are actually called. They coined the the company we purchased them from coined the phrase. It's called omnidegradable. So, um, I believe they're actually recyclable, but they have to be processed. So I don't. Mm. I usually leave that one out because not everybody has the right proper facility. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beauty is, is they're compostable. Yes, but if they end up 
in a landfill, um, wherever microbes are present, they will break down. So even in a landfill, um, you know, of course, over several years, it'll break down, mm-hmm. um, which was super important to us because we both live, we've both lived in places where we have access to great compost facilities and uh, organizations, but and systems, but in small rural towns, you might not have that, right? Then you can have a back, I'm sure there's plenty of people doing backyard compost, but there's not really uh, a facility. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, even if it's compostable packaging, even if you have all the best intentions, it's still going to end up in the trash. And then when it's in the trash, it doesn't necessarily decompose. So this omnidegradable packaging will. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, So, I would assume you're getting it from Canada, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's no secret that there are supply chain issues going on right now. And it sounds like, what, you guys started in 2021? Is that, is that the date? Um, or was it 2020? Technic- technically, yes. I would say okay. the idea sprouted in 2020, but we didn't officially, okay. uh, you know, broadcast to the public until 20, probably May of 2021. Okay. So how, how was that starting a business, especially, you know, I, I guess you guys are kind of set up for success, uh, post COVID business starting, right? Um, right. just because, you know, the outdoors have, have kind of popped off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's a, a positive or, or a negative is yet to be known, but, um, you know, supply chain issues, worker issues just finding people to to work for you i'm sure farms were hit right that the margins mm-hmm. uh that farmers are, are there to work with makes it so that they have to run pretty bare bones bare bones crews mm-hmm. uh like would you go into some of the challenges that uh you guys came across in starting right. this business in kind of like a post-covid world if you will right <laughs> yeah totally um <clears throat> so i mean ultimately i feel like the post-COVID world kind of played in our favor. Um, You know, like you kind of touched on it, you called it. Um, Folks are going outside more. Um, You know, we had to. That's kind of the only fun uh, getaway you could for a little bit. And um, so people are more, people that weren't doing it before are now looking to go. And then, um, so, I mean, our product makes that easier. So that's right there um, in line. And then I think another big thing that's kind of helped us is that throughout COVID with supply chain issues, um, people were really looking more and more to buy local. Um, And especially when it comes to their food, not only buy local, but really started paying attention to what they're eating because everybody's like, oh, all of a sudden I'm recognizing I don't feel great all the time. And what am I putting in my body? So for us, we don't add any preservatives. Like we, we try to keep everything as clean as possible and actually good for you. So um, I think that that's really played in our favor as well. You know, folks, yeah, they want to go outside and they're actually looking at the back. They're looking at that ingredients p- panel. And to know for uh, to know where the food's coming from is huge. Um, we've definitely experienced some supply chain issues, but, you know, honestly, I just don't think we're like, we're not ordering a, a massive amount of stuff at once so it doesn't really hit us too hard and when it comes to produce we really do try to get everything right here local and we have those conversations with the farmers even before season comes you know the fall before so they know that we're coming and they know that we're going to want produce so um you know 
really at that point, it's just mother nature that we're up against on whether or not we're going to get what we hope to get or not. Um, yeah. So yeah, overall kind of a positive. Um, and in the beginning, realistically, you know, we were still kind of not going out much. It was still weird to go out in public when we first got the idea for this. So, you know, that was like long hours at the house with nothing to do but brainstorm. So that really yeah. helped us. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you guys were trying out recipes and stuff like that, did you guys, um, did you compare, because you guys are all dehydrated, right? Which yes. I think the kind of the standard in a lot of backpack, you know, some of the, the, the big names out there that you see are freeze dried. Um, right. Did you guys try the freeze dried method or were you just like being a chef dehydrated is the only way to go uh, to keep flavor. What was your process there? Yeah. um, Kind of a combination, honestly. Um, We both agreed that freeze drying just kind of like has a strange flavor to it, Mm -hmm. to us. Um, And, and texture, I suppose too. Right. Um, And so I think we weren't sold. Um, you know, but we got the dehydrator and we started playing with it and started finding, um, and this is another thing I've, I've kind of left out, but with our model. So I, I believe a lot of the other companies out there, they'll make one big batch and, uh, just dehydrate the whole thing Mm -hmm. and then kind of like piece that out into each bag. We dehydrate every single ingredient uh, on its own and then go oh, wow. through and then add it kind of a la carte, right? And that fits in with our, our whole model of using seconds produce because you never know when you're going to get a call sometimes from a farmer and it's like, hey, I got 400 pounds of broccoli that needs to be cut today. Can you take it? So, you know, by taking it all at once, then we just kind of like capture our ingredient. Um, and then by dehydrating it, yeah, I found the flavor is way better. Um, and it just, it holds its color. It holds the flavor. And also on a processing side, it doesn't take as long to dehydrate as it does to freeze dry. Um, and a freeze dryer is, um, it's just, honestly, we bought the dehydrator and we thought, well, why would we buy a freeze dryer? We're totally good with this process. Yeah. And um, I, I guess a little bit of luck for us, um, Durango being a small town, what are the odds you're going to find a freeze dryer, commercial grade, or a dehydrator? And there just happened to be one that a nonprofit owned called the Good Food Collective, um, just two blocks from our house at a oh, wow. commercial kitchen. So for us, that was kind of a, a little sign, you know, that maybe we should just stick with the dehydrator. We've got yeah. one right here. So. Yeah. Well, um, so how long, uh, like shelf stability, uh, how long mm-hmm. are the dehydrated meals? Cause I, I, I did think that that was like one of the things about dehydrating is that it, you know, yeah. instead of last being able to use it, uh, you know, six or seven years in the future, it's, it's only like two or three. Is that, is that what you guys have found or, or is there a way to do yeah. it so that it lasts longer? So it actually should last longer. Yeah. So vegetables, yeah, vegetables, if they're, you know, if they're stored properly, so room temp, cool, if cool, if you can, cool and dark, if you can, um, with airtight vegetables should last, they could last seven to 10 years. Mm. Um, they may lose their color, um, but they would still be 
they would still have nutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us on our packaging, since it's compostable, you know, it doesn't, we don't know where you're going to take your bag, um, yeah. and what conditions it could be, um, you know, under. And, um, so we date all our bags two years, even though I think they would probably last three to five, um, mm-hmm. best, best to be better safe than sorry. Right. And, uh, yeah. We've done some tests on the bags and, um, you know, they will, we just actually did a submergent test. Well, there's a, um, a, a gentleman that's going to go on a solo, um, like raft trip over the ocean. I don't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't talk to him personally, wow. Louise did, so yeah. you have to ask her, but, um, he wanted to know, you know, how do these bags hold up in water, salt water, fresh water. So we submerged them and I think it's been it's been two and a half weeks and they just are finally starting the outer lining is, is composting, but the, mm-hmm. um, the plastic film is actually still held up. It's just very weak. So, okay. um, oh. so that's kind of why we date them a little bit conservatively is because of the packaging. And then there are certain things like butter powder, milk powder that may just not be, they just, not, they don't last as long. They as don't the last as long. Yeah. yeah. No, is that, that's uh, the nature of it for now? Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, to me, like the flavor, because I think there's definitely a flavor dip. Like when I was eating that, especially the garden mac and cheese, you know, dehydrated it. Um, it, it tasted like you were eating like real food, right? Um, you know, which is, you know, you, you can make some sacrifices out there um, to, you know, to have a dinner, you know, at, at 12,000 feet. But it's so nice to be able to have like, you know, you can can taste the kind of like the crunchiness of the vegetables and stuff like that. I, I love that. Um, <laughs> Me too. I forget what my, my, what my question was going to be there. But one thing I wanted to ask you that I think relates to that is, um, so I don't believe that you guys have any meals with meat in them. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So- uh, is that something that you plan on doing or are you going to kind of keep it uh, vegetarian only? Sure. So, um, correct. We're all vegetarian. Um, we have, in fact, most of our meals are vegan. Um, we didn't start out with the intention of being completely vegetarian. It's just kind of what worked mm-hmm. and what fell into place. And, um, you know, we, uh, Louise and I, we, we eat meat, but, um, we kind of agreed that freeze dried meat is just kind of weird to us. So, um, it, we don't like how it tastes. And so it just kind of felt like we'll just kind of put that on the back burner for now. Um, as we grow, we've definitely played with some ideas. We, we would like to bring some meat in, um, maybe like an idea of we've have, um, is bison crumbles kind of trying to find some, you know, some sustainable meat that we can add to the meals. But I think what we'll do is keep, everything vegetarian and have like a, a packet of meat that you can buy a la carte and then add it. Okay. Because yeah. I really don't want to, yeah. you know, I don't want to lose clientele and there's been a lot of feedback, positive feedback, um, for us just being vegetarian and or vegan. And there's a lot of people that have dietary uh, restrictions nowadays. So it feels really good to be able to offer something good that anybody can eat. Well, I was going to say that, yeah, uh, that's one of the cool things about your guys' company. You know, uh, a lot of the folks that are our customers are, are meat eaters, but I, I think uh, 
I would I would venture to say the majority of of the people that uh, listen to this podcast at least are probably you know very concerned if they are a hunter they're it's from mm-hmm. a standpoint of being concerned of where their <laughs> food comes from right um, yeah. but um, that being said I mean there's there's all sorts of options for you if you want meat my for girlfriend sure. who who cannot have any uh, like beef protein she's allergic to, to she actually has a lot of dietary restrictions but like your meals she could eat not not all of them right because they're not all vegan but there are options and and you know the dehydrated i think um the dehydrated kind of way of doing these meals is going to lend itself to less stomach problems for people just because it's easier to digest right there's it's um you know you're, you're keeping a lot of that nutrition in there um so uh, it's pretty dope that you guys have that that option out there for people because especially now in the especially in the like the backpacking world I feel like there's a lot of people that would really appreciate that and and keeping those options vegan even if it's not because they're vegetarian it's just because they they have dietary restrictions and and they have sensitive stomachs right and totally, like yeah. one thing one thing that we did when we were out there uh you know we were we were out uh, doing some fishing and uh we we cu- we kept a couple of the of the trout, cooked them over the open fire. I threw a little bit of that in the in the garden mac and cheese, and it was delicious. So, if you have to have meat, that's an option for you too, and that's that's keeping it real farm to summit right there. Heck yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So, kind of want to switch gears here now to the more outdoor side. So, were you were you an outdoors woman uh, before? You, you met your partner there? Um, definitely. Yeah. Um, right on. I mean, I, I grew up on a farm, but that doesn't, that doesn't make you an outdoorsy person actually, but <laughs> I wouldn't say sometimes the opposite. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you never know. Um, but I actually moved out to Durango if, uh, in 2008 for okay. uh, school. I went to Fort Lewis. Yep, um, same here. Yeah. Right. So, and, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough, my older brother came out here first. So in high school, I, you know, I came out with the family to check on the older brother and was like, oh my God, look at all these mountains. Like I was just blown away. I'd never seen anything like this before. Um, so, yeah. I mean, for me, I was, um, it was like, I have to, I have to go there. I don't know what I have to do, but I'm going to make it happen. Um, I actually played soccer for the Fort Lewis women's team, which was awesome. Um, all four years. And then I think that as soon as that kind of came to an end, I mean, you can't go to Fort Lewis and, and not get sucked into some activity or like well, all the yeah, activities, you know? So <laughs> that's the so, theory about Fort Lewis is that it is why it has like one of the higher dropout uh, rates in the country <laughs> because you go there and you're just like, Oh, why would I go to class when there's yeah. purgatory right there? There's the San Juans. There's all this stuff <laughs> to do outside. Yeah, honestly, I'm so grateful I played soccer because I don't know if I <laughs> – I might have been the same way, right? But yeah. I remember thinking, I'm not going to want to ski. I'll just like – I'll just borrow somebody's board and just see you – know, I don't know. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. Yeah. And I think I, I had like found a way to get a pass. I volunteered. I worked at the mountain so many years afterwards because I've decided there was no way I was living in Durango without a pass, you know? Yeah. Um, I absolutely love to snowboard. And I think that's kind of, that's one of the many reasons that kept me in Durango. I mean, <clears throat> the longer you stick around, somebody's got a raft and then their buddy's got a raft. So you're going on weekend trips 
down the river and I just love it here. I mean, it's like even uh, even having lived here, moved and then come back, I I'm still uncovering all these amazing trails and, um, you know, a couple three day, seven day trips that are just like breathtaking. You know, you're out in the Alpines and it's like, I can't believe this is right here. So I yeah, through and through love being outside. Yeah, and Durango is such a cool town. I mean, just for the, I feel like the, the culture there is, is different than a lot of mountain towns in Colorado, you mm-hmm. know? Cause, I mean, it, it really does have that, that heavy Southwest influence, right? But, for um, sure. you know, then it's it's also got the the most intense mountains in the world uh, that I've seen uh, just right, behind, right in the back door. And it's funny mm-hmm. that you say you got to pass. I mean, I, I, uh, my, my freshman year there, um, I, I got money for my pass for a pass from my parents, ended up blowing it all on gas money, uh, <laughs> just driving up basically to, to the San Juans. I had a Chevy truck, so it was getting like 11 nice. miles a gallon. So all that, all that money went to, to gas money, but it was the, it was the best money I've ever spent. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so, so when were you guys in, when were you, did you move to Asheville? Cause just, uh, for the, people listening the kind of the way I found out about you guys was mm-hmm. one of my best friends um knew Luis and met them in in uh, Asheville right. North Carolina that's right yeah so what took you guys out there for sure yeah so um that Louise lived in Asheville um okay. before she came she went to um what is it UNC Asheville yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's the school um so she studied there and I think got her post back there, um, and lived for a few years. So for, and you know, her, her family still lives there, her friends. So for us, um, when I met her, you know, it was like, I, well, we've got to go visit Asheville. Um, so I've been a handful of times at this point and it's amazing. I love that area. Would have never thought to, to go to North Carolina coming from Michigan and Colorado, but wow, it's a, it's a gem. And, um, yeah, so for us, we just love going. We kind of make a an excuse to go to Asheville every year to just go enjoy because, I mean, that area is yeah. awesome. And uh, so for when we, especially the Farm to Summit, we're like, this is great. We can kind of, <laughs> we can go to Asheville for work. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot, awesome of, lot of farms out there, that's for sure. Exactly, yeah. Yep. yeah. It's, it's, don't worry, our gears are turning. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, all right, so I got I got two more questions. Okay. Uh, first question, kind of going to spring this on you, but sure. uh, I'm going to try to start doing this with all of our uh, podcast guests. Um, okay. You know, I think a lot of people like to listen to this podcast because we talk a lot about gear. Um, you know, we have a mm-hmm. lot of different, uh, you know, people from gear companies essentially, uh, and sure. food is a gear, but um, food is gear for for the outdoors. Um, but uh, What's one piece of gear in your in your backpacking, uh, you know, in your backpack that you take up every single time that that you couldn't live without? And maybe it's something not like a sleeping bag, not like a, a tent, right? But like something right. that is is kind of different. That as soon as you you found it and you started taking it out with you, now you can't you can't go up without it. Oh man, that's a good one. Um. Well, probably my pocket knife, right? But that doesn't really count. Uh, so yeah, I mean, hey, but, if it, if it's uh, yeah, if you got a specific pocket knife that you take, yeah, 
I do, but it's like I don't even know what the brand yeah. is. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I got a I got a fancy one for you. Um, yeah. For car camping, right? Actually, you know what? For backpacking too, we've carried it in. We've hiked it in. Um, so. Uh, when I met Louise, we both had very different style uh, sleeping pads. And, yeah. you know, I like the foam one. She likes that, like, old 80s one that's, like, basically sleeping on the ground. And uh, mm-hmm. and so we're like, this is just not going to work. Um, so we got the Big Agnes floor pad, which fills the whole tent. And, I mean, even if I'm by myself, I'll take that thing. And it's like, I feel like I'm sleeping on – I feel so fancy. I feel like I'm sleeping on my own bed. It's amazing. Heck yeah. That's awesome. No, that's a good one for, for couples out there camping. Cause th- that is always weird. Totally. Like having two different sleeping pads, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a torso pad guy. Um, uh-huh. but you know, there's some people that are full, full pad people and it, it doesn't mm-hmm. always, especially like the slipping, right? You, you, yeah, you put yes. your sleeping pad and, and then you try to like roll over to like, you know, get closer <laughs> and then it just slips apart and then you're sleeping. And on then nothing. you wake so up that's, and you're- that's great you're just lying in between both pads on the ground like oh exactly whatever yeah Yeah. (laughs) nothing better than than uh using a rock for for a sleeping pad (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) nice yeah that's that's a good one for sure um and then last question what's uh what's next up like what's uh what's the future for farm to summit what's the next uh big thing that you guys have for sure well we are working on a couple new recipes um so stay tuned. Um, but yeah, I think for now, like our big thing is just really getting comfortable with our new space, our production facility, um, here in Durango and really kind of, um, amping up our retail space. The production facility is huge for me because, um, we're, we have two dehydrators in our own space, whereas we used to have one in a commissary. So, um, we're just going to like, I, you know, our production levels are just going to go through the roof in comparison. Um, so I'm just so pumped for that because that's going to allow us to reach a lot of, a lot more gear shops, uh, reach further than the four corners because we'll actually have enough, um, inventory. Um, and then, yeah, we're able to get all those meals locked down so that we can be a little more creative. And I think that's the, like I said before, that's my favorite part. So um, maybe some cold soak meals because I've gotten a lot of feedback that more and more people aren't using their stoves or just, um, I don't know, it's a good lunch option, right? You don't want to eat something super heavy when you have a big day. So just a cold soak pasta or whatever, I'm I'm working on some for you. So stay tuned. Nice. How many, how many meals do you guys typically make in like a month? Oh. Does it depend know, on right? demand or is it, or is it, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it's a ton, but is it like, is it like hundreds? Is it thousands? Probably thousands. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Probably like high hundreds, low thousands. Let's go with that. Okay. Nice. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, heck yeah. Well, uh, you want to tell people where they can, uh, where they can find you? Find you yeah. guys? Um, so www.farmtosummit.com. You can order online and we'll ship to you. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at Farm to Summit. Perfect. Right on. Well, thanks a bunch, Jane. Uh, definitely you, appreciate you jumping on here. That was a, that was a good, good podcast. I always like talking to fellow farmers. <laughs> Me too.